Hey, it's Ron. I wanted to talk to you about the wholesale formula. It's a great way to become a seller on Amazon. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Amazon, their sales were up uh, 60% last year. But not just last year, the year before was 20%. The year before that was 18%. The sales go up every year and people make real money if they use proven systems and the wholesale formula is the way to do that. Just drop me a DM and I will drop you a link to a free training with all our bonuses. So I mean, from my background a little bit, 
educator from the age of nine up um, and put myself through college while working for a job. And to tie into your point, one thing that I realized, Ronald, is when it came to, you know, heading off and getting surgery and getting brain surgery, I remember that morning that there was so much pain, yes, facing what I was facing, but what scared me the most was knowing that I left my potential on the ground, knowing very well that maybe I wasn't going to make it through that surgery because they just did the same surgery as someone else in my state like three months ago, and unfortunately she was a vegetable at the age of 19. There's a real probability that I maybe wasn't going to make it through that surgery, and I remember that pain associated with not reaching my potential. And in my humble opinion, to reach your potential, you have to not hold back. You can't pull punches. You need to understand and accept yourself go all in and show up authentically versus the little box that unfortunately no matter what gender you're in male or female or other society tries to put you in so I try very hard just to be my authentic self and not fit into the norms that society tries to put on myself as a woman or a disabled person or what have you uh, absolutely and that, that's almost 95% mindset uh, you know the physical disabilities I've, I've overcome mine to a certain extent, I will always be limping, but I, they told me I never walked again. Mm -hmm. So, so, th so it's the mindset. So to overcome even small adversities, we came up with a plan, and you push to limits, mm -hmm. and, and then we implement, and we have to always course correct. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of times when it comes to adversity, we realize that yeah, adversity makes us weak. But prolonged adversity, a lot of times it make us, makes us physically weak, but mentally weak. So for myself, what I realized is, yeah, my body got weak. I was better at it for about two years straight. But what happened the most is my mindset got weak. Before I got sick, I was working up to four jobs, putting myself through college. Before I got sick, I was, like, on fire trying to do as much as I possibly could. Still, you know, holding back a little bit and pulling punches for norms and all that stuff. But I got weak in my mind through that two-year period. And it's so devastating to see how adversity can do that. It can chip away and beat you down day by day to the point where you don't realize who you are anymore and you don't have any fight left in you. And even when that happens, the smallest adversity, the smallest challenge will hold you back. But what I find on this, um, to your point of putting together a plan, is there needs to be systems in place. I always say you don't get what you want in life. You get what your habits generate. So if you can say, hey, I'm on a negative swing of momentum right now, what are the habits that can put me in an upward swing that will correct, that will make it so your life is no longer where you don't want it to be, if you can create the systems, habits, and accountability to do so? Uh, it's, it's so powerful. And for anyone listening today who needs that change in their life, uh, they're, they're, you should be taking notes or you should be going back and listening to this over and over again. Because that was, that was pure gold, and that was so similar to what I had to do. I had to put together structures, and I had to give myself some discipline. I had to get up first thing in the morning and and go on crutches to the kitchen, even though I wasn't allowed to touch my, my, my foot to the ground for three months. Damn. Because if I didn't do that, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read uh, from... From ten to twelve, I wouldn't write from one to three, I, and that was that's that's as much as I could get in a day. I wouldn't turn on the television until six o'clock at night, and that was because I was physically and mentally shocked. Yeah. But I had to have a process, and I run I run into trouble with some of my creatives when I coach them because they want to be completely free, mm -hmm. and. 
hours to come through. She can't write it so she goes to walk on the beach for, for half an hour at a time. And I said, well, okay, uh, how far is the beach from your house? She said, an hour. I said, so you're giving up two hours of your day to get half an hour of inspiration. That cost-benefit analysis is tough. Yeah. Gotta, you know, I, I love that people, and I'm big on self-care. If, if I can't if I can't try to schedule a little self-care into my life every day, I get beaten up by my wife. <laughs> Same. So, 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 so it's not just it's not just coaches needing coaches, and we're going to talk about that for sure. But but to, ha to be held accountable and to hold yourself accountable is everything. And MJ. Yeah. Some of your systems uh, for anybody out there who, who needs that accountability, you, you are you are at the top of your game. Well, thank you. Well, I want to share, share a couple things. You took off some massive bombs there. Um, your story of having to go on crutches, you know, because you knew that that's what you had to do. And what's so powerful about that whole situation is you didn't think, hey, I'm going to transform my life overnight. That's not how it works. A lot of people understand that success is not an overnight process, but failure isn't either. And I want the audience to get that. Success is not an overnight process. Failure isn't either. So you are making the habits, the small systems, the small decisions, Ronald, that help you with building the success. And every, every single time that we opt out of those habits or those patterns or their conscious decisions, even when you have arrived, which a lot of people think that they have arrived when they're successful. Even when you arrive, you're going to lose that crap real fast. If you go in that downward swing of doing the crappy habits, the bad systems, the bad patterns, eating pizza while eating ho-hos and freaking eating Cheetos and watching Netflix, you're going to have to maintain the positive momentum to stay in the top of your field. And a lot of that comes with self-accountability, self-discipline. One of my favorite Will Smith quotes, and I will probably say this until I die, but one of my favorite quotes by him, is he says self-discipline is self-love. So when people can realize that, whether they're analytical and you know highly driven and type D personality, or those that are creative, I love a lot of creative people, they're absolutely complete world changers. Once we as a community, once we as a world can realize that self-discipline is self-love and self-discipline is freedom, that whole mind shift change will help a lot with making the decisions that are painful, like walking to the kitchen on crutches when your feet can't touch the ground. When you're able to realize, hey, this is going to be more painful in the short term, but a hell of a lot more successful in the long term and feel a lot better, it helps with those challenging decisions that seem miserable at that particular time. And this is something that a lot of people don't understand about coaching. And coaching is key in, in this life. I'm a coach, you're a coach, we both hire coaches to, to shorten that, that learning curve. It always saves us money and time. But most coaches don't teach people to hold each other and themselves accountable because yeah. it's more profitable that way. I'd, yeah. rather, I'd rather coach someone for a month, get them to their next goal, have them go on their way and come back in six months when they need me again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's so much truth to that, Ronald. Like it, it's, you talk about self-accountability first off, so I'll ping on that first when it comes to coaches. I personally don't like to call myself a coach because the market is very saturated and unfortunately it's overly saturated and I might get a lot of hate for this by people that don't lead by example. Um, you're sleeping 100. They don't lead by example. So what I try to do if you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and I know Ronald, you do the same thing, is I viciously 
And I want people to get this for themselves as well, because this is how you become successful. Viciously try to attack the weaker version of myself. That means waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning. That means doing a 100-mile bike race even though I'm still disabled. That means doing a bikini competition when I had three flare days back to back. That means viciously leading by example. So if you're going to hire a coach, hire someone that's not just in it for the money, has something to share with you, and also is leading by example. Self-accountability is huge. It is absolutely freaking huge. Sometimes people will hire coaches that don't hold them accountable because it's more monetarily, you know, strong in the future. I'm not someone, I'm like, if I don't see you getting benefit, and I've done this with other people, I'm like, hey, we're not going to exercise the program, and you're not going to use the program. Namaste to you. I don't want to continue compensation. So I want to make sure that there's a return on investment for my time and their time that's not just money. I'm going to drop something else about coaching that, that no one ever, I've never shared it on a podcast, and I've never heard it from anybody else. I have something called the 40% rule. When we sit down and we go through your skills and where you need to be, if you can't do 40% of what you agreed to at the end of each session, after three sessions, I fire you. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where people go, you can't fire me, I'm paying you. And it's like, of course I can. Yeah. But, but people come back to me six months later, and they said it was the best thing I ever did to them because they needed that kick in the butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's so impactful that you do that because, I mean, why would you want to – why, why would they continue to want to pay you? There's so much character that comes into that, Ronald, when you're like, hey, I want to make sure that we're both benefiting, and you can fire me, I can fire you, but we need to make sure that change is happening. I mean, I work with a coach right now. Him and I worked together when I first got into entrepreneurship. He's one of the best people I've ever met. And we went our separate ways peacefully, rightfully so, for a little while. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for a little bit. But I came back to him, and I have no doubt in my mind if I wasn't executing, he would fire me. He's never fired me before, but there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> I would just sit there like, hey, man, I'm not going to do any of this shit. That we'd probably have a conversation with that. And that's very, very, very important.
XYZ, yada, yada, yada. Those are affirmations I really resonate with. But I think a lot of times when people are trying to change their self-talk, one, they're not capturing the negative thoughts and figuring out where they come from. And then also, they're not talking to themselves in a positive manner that their body doesn't think that they're full of crap. Because if I sit there as someone who speaks the way that I do and listen to um, affirmations that are like, you are full of bliss and love, I'm going to be like, this is bullshit, Melissa. Like, why are you listening to this? <laughs> you have to do, when you're talking about self-talk, it needs to be genuine. It needs to be real. Yes, you need to do more positive self-talk, but it needs to be genuine. And also what I encourage people to do is to capture their negative thoughts. I came from a lot of adversity. My first freaking bedroom was a closet. I was like Harry Potter up in that. Um, or I slept on a freaking mattress that was right next to a fridge full of, of mice that would crawl over my freaking mattress every night. So when I look at what I'm doing now, I, I catch a lot of negative thoughts. I'm like, okay, like you're not that person anymore. Like you're not going to be disabled by the time you're in your 35 years old. Like that doctor told you, this isn't real. Where did this thought process come from? And is it true? So I think when you talk about self-talk, Ronald, it's important to talk about positive reinforcement, yes, making sure it's genuine, and also combating negative self-talk and realizing where the origin of that came from. My first favorite name is Kitchen Pantry. I remember the cans the cans being on the shelves and the bottles being next to my bed. Nice. So, Dude, so we I, should I, have I, best friends. Like, what's happening? <laughs> I, 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 to, I, to, I totally, I, I love these stories, though, because some of our adversities have turned us into being, you know, so, so super go get, go, go get the objective, and it's the yes. next objective that you have to go get. Um, affirmations and gratitudes, I just want to circle back for a second. The, yeah, you have to use them in the proper um, perspective. There yeah. was a book and a movie called The Secret years ago that said, if you want bliss, all you have to do is ask the universe. That's not true. You have to visualize the bliss and then work your butt off. Mm -hmm. And then you will get a little extra luck. The universe yes. is cool that way. So if you can figure out what you need to do next and the three skills you need first thing in the morning to hit that goal, at the end of the day, you can look back and your gratitudes will actually show those things coming into your life. That's yes. when you can use affirmations and gratitudes in a positive way. The way, awesome. the way, the way that people think that you can use them. Um, if you've got 20 hours a week for yoga and, and you can and you can do affirmations for 20 hours in your yoga class, more power to you. I hope I hope that helps you. But mm -hmm. the rest of us who are out here hustling two jobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just so important. Yeah, you gotta make the actions like you wouldn't. You wouldn't be in a relationship with someone who's all like, hey, I'm going to clean the house, um, I'm going to not cheat on you, and I'm going to, you know, go to work. You wouldn't want to be in a relationship with that person. You came home, and they were full of shit, and they did all of the three exactly opposite from what they told you. So the same thing with self-affirmations. Everyone has a bullshit detector. So what is it that you're telling yourself, and are you doing the actions to follow up with that? Because if you're not then you're lying to yourself, and nothing destroys self-confidence faster than lying to yourself repeatedly. Um, love, love all that. Uh, we're going to circle back because a little, a little yoga and a little meditation and a little affirmation are going to be mm -hmm. part of a concept I'm going to bring up in a minute that I'm trying out for the first time with you today. So I want everyone to just have a 
little a little tease there so that we can we can circle back to. But you are a time freak, and I love that about you. We have so many simil similarities in how we structure our time, and I want I want you to talk about power hours for just a minute or two because yeah. we, we capture time. Everyone, the, the biggest complaint, and, and one of the things that always makes me think I'm not going to take a coaching client on is when they tell me they don't have enough time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, everyone that says that they don't have enough time has no and no idea how many hours are in a week. And 168. 168. Exactly. I remember the first time I got a second job. I worked two fast food jobs at the same time while trying to educate myself, and I was like, man. Everyone's bitching about how they don't have any time, but somehow I'm working two hour, two jobs for like 40 hours a week and also self-educating myself for riding my bike there. I was like, how many hours are in a week? Okay, how many hours do I need to sleep? Well, there's so many freaking hours in the day. No one realizes what the hell they're doing with their time when they say that, and it's a victimized excuse. Nicole Arbor just made a post on Instagram. She said, victim, victimization or being a victim is not something good. It's losing out loud. And it's very important when you realize your self-affirmations of, I don't have time, you're losing out loud by being a victim of something that you have no idea how much time you truly have. And to your point about power hours, something that I try to do is I will try first thing in the morning I do with the power clean, which is I stopwatch myself for 15 minutes and clean as much as I possibly can in the house. That makes me realize like, hey, you can get so much crap done in 15 minutes that it's unfathomable. And then what I'll do is I'll stopwatch myself for an hour, breaking into 15 minute increments while I'm doing cold calls, whether I'm doing administrative things. And what I realized by doing that, even though I thought I was a top producer, I got more done within three hours than I did within about 10 freaking hours when I first started doing this. It changes your whole perception of time when you realize that you have can get so much done in 15 minutes, much less an hour, if you're really particular about what you're doing. I've got a series of trainings that I put people through all the time, and again, there's a 40% rule on it. If, if so, everyone likes Netflix. Everyone likes Instagram. Lots of people like Facebook. Uh, the new thing right now, and you know this, Melissa, Clubhouse. Yep. So, is it possible, and you've seen people spend 60 hours on Clubhouse a week. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're getting some, some joint ventures out of it, can justify it uh, over the short term, but you're letting other things in your life go. You need, yeah. to, you need to be able to use these things as tools, not as dopamine waste of time. Yeah. Well, and I always say, use it, don't let it use you. So I just had a podcast interview a couple days ago that was amazing. The host was phenomenal. And we talked about Clubhouse because we met on Clubhouse. And he's like, are you still you know, using that a lot? I'm like, exactly. I'm trying to use it. I don't want it to use me. So I want to make sure I'm very particular. I don't want to sit in the audience and just take in content. I didn't want to just scroll through Facebook and Instagram and take in content. I want to make sure that my long-term vision, my long-term goal is being serviced, like you said, by these tools. These are tools for us, not for us to be used by them. When I'm on Clubhouse, I want I want to give value, as much value as I can, and I want to get two Instagram followers from that group. Mm. And, and it's just... It's a value tool to me to build my audience. Um, yeah. You, you talk. I mean, you, you said something last week to me about beating up the algorithm, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what some people can do because they are they realize the value of their time. Yeah. Yeah. You want to beat it up, and I didn't. 
Facebook Live and all that stuff, but I go on there and I beat it up. I beat the crap out of it. I don't care if the app goes away sometime. All I care is I went in there and I beat the crap out of it to make an impact, the impact I want to make on this planet, and then I move on. I'm not attached to a social media platform. I'm not attached to XYZ. I'm attached to my mission. And he didn't say it exactly like that, but basically what he worded made me think that. I'm like, I don't care. And I used to love Facebook, and I still do love Facebook, but I used to only be on Facebook because I love Facebook. I don't give a crap if I like Facebook. What I care about more than Facebook is I want to make an impact. I want to make a splash, and I want to do something on this planet. Have you ever seen the movie Joe Dirt, Ronald? I have. I know it's one of your favorites. No. Oh. <laughs> is one of the biggest ways to get through it. 
and I, I, I've become a huge believer by, by, by following you, and it's improved my process every day. So if, if, if you can actually identify the things that make the most money or create the most impact in your life and in your business and concentrate on those, um, can you give us a couple tips, and then I'll give, I'll give the audience uh, my, my, little, my little tip on it. Yeah, so just to give the audience a little bit of a breakdown. So after those 12 surgeries I had back-to-back, I was still bedridden consistently, and I wanted to fix my life. Uh, I get up every morning, but like, all right, today is the day that I'm going to do all the cold calls. I'm going to clean my house because it's a mess, and I'm going to figure out how not to get kicked out. <laughs> that, was, that was my goal. That was my financial goal was how do I keep this roof over my head. And what I would do is I'd get up and try to transform my life, but then I would black out and be bedridden for like three days. So what I started doing is implementing a habit a week, and I did that literally for two years straight, compounding them week by week on what small pivots, a small change that I could make that's not going to cause me to be bedridden for three more days and black out, but that will help me with transforming my life and building the new version of myself. And I've got a free ebook that breaks down the top three habits of success on that. But what I would encourage people to do is to look at their lives to see, okay, what's working so I can keep doing it, and what's not working? What's the small change that I can do that's going to help fix that? And thankfully, with blacking out every three hours, I had to realize, like, hey, I need to make the one decision, the one choice that's going to make the biggest impact possible. I don't have a lot of energy to do this. So one habit that's in that book that maybe will encourage your audience to look at their lives and pick something that's going to transform their life massively is my weekly review process. So there's a couple steps that are in there that I do, and I do this by myself every week, and then I also do it with my husband every week, too, because we're our own individual people. We've got joint goals. We've got you know personal goals. But here's how the process goes. One, I do a complete brain dump of all the shit that I need to do. I walk around the house, and I'm like, I'll, I'll remember things. We all do. We all have this big running to-do list in our minds, and I'll be like, okay, I'll write it down while I'm, while I'm picking up the house and doing whatever. And then I will do whatever I can do within a couple minutes. If I can't do it in a couple minutes, I ask myself this. What happens if it doesn't get done? A lot of times we keep shit on our list that doesn't need to get done. Um, If it's not a big thing of like the world's going to blow up, then maybe I just don't do it. Who cares? Sometimes you don't need to do everything on the to-do list. If it needs to get done, I'll see, can I outsource this? If I can't outsource this, when can I schedule it? The next thing I'll do is I'll write down my wins for the week. What did I do well? Success breeds success, so that means you need to honor yourself on your successes. And then I say, what's working? That's made, that makes it so I can keep the habits that I like that benefited me that week. And then what's not working? And that what's not working list can be very painful. But it's where you pick what habit, what system, what decision, what commitment you're going to make that's going to make the next week even freaking better. Because you had a lot of wins, you had a lot of successes the previous week, but what's going to make it better? And that's how I encourage people to tailor the habits and successes for their life, their personal goals. Because no one gives a crap what the top ten habits are. If you're in a different phase of your life, it's what works for you. You maybe don't need to meditate every day. You maybe don't need to read every day. What are the things that you need to do that are going to benefit your life? So that's the that's the system I try to encourage people to do to pick their particular habits. I love that. I, I go top three with people because if we can if we can again, you're you added one habit a week ourselves one percent a day within 30 days we are amazing people yeah so so it's it's a small incremental change it's, it's tweaking habits 
pick three things you want to do today. Try to pick them the night before. Write them on an index card. Put them on your bedside table. You're going to let your brain do some of the work while you're sleeping. And you're mm-hmm. actually going to sleep better because you got them off your brain. And when you wake up, you, you're going to have a creative idea for each one of those three things that you didn't have when you went to bed. You write them down on your index card and you try to implement them the next day. And your life will I love that. I love how you're talking about you're going to come up with creative solutions because a lot of people don't realize that that when you go to sleep, the brain is programmed that if, hey, there's a problem, your mind is going to be looking for solutions. So I like that a lot. And it's so important to find those small incremental changes. Once again, success doesn't happen overnight, neither does failure. Those small decisions will build a new you or destroy the current you. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. When, when, when you give advice, it's always straightforward, it's honest. Sometimes it's blunt, but it comes from a place of love, and I so appreciate that. Now, you've got books behind you, Melissa. I'm so I, You've accomplished so much. You, your, your speaking career is far ahead of mine, and uh, kudos. I, I, I'm, I'm working on that. But, oh, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's just so cool. So, um, so how do people get your books? How do people get in contact with you? Um, are, are you giving us links that I can drop in the podcast box? Yeah, so you can DM me on Instagram, M. Jackson, um, sorry, MJ Vogel, um, Inspire, and I can send you over the links, too, for the free books. These books that are behind me are probably the top three most influential books that I've read. I love the 10X Rule. I love the David Goggins Can't Hurt Me. And then Jordan Peterson is a fantastic freaking author, in my opinion, and really a world shaker, challenges people's perspectives. So... I definitely would encourage people to check those books out, but feel free to download my free book. It's um, a really great little ebook I put together, the top three habits that I found within a two-year process of uh, rebuilding my life. And it's helped a lot of people. It's helped people overcome addiction. It's helped people get into shape. It's helped people with growing their business. It's really something that has turned into a movement. So I'd love to have some more people join that. Wow. I can't, I can't remember when I've had so much fun on a Zoom. Uh, the streets of Odd were not lined with so much gold. So um, I'd like to close with there were many days where you and I know that we have changed someone's path and their story. Because the story we tell ourselves is, is, is the story we're going to live. It's, it's one of those rewiring things with, with um, Joe Spenza that you were talking about before. So other times we're just planting seed in spring, as Jim Rome used to say. And the cool thing about social media is that people can access, they can access all this amazing, powerful material just like this from you over and over again. So I've got to thank you, Melissa, and thanks for all of you for listening. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on here, Ronald. It's my pleasure, and I'm excited to uh, continue to follow you and your 